This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Sports and Torts. I'm Elliot Harris along with David Spada. So far, so good for the first show of 2012, David? Beautiful. We've had two great tight ends on today. Okay. Okay, time for a defensive back, I'd say. Wouldn't you? I agree totally. Okay, and we have Irv Cross, former Northwestern and Philadelphia Eagles, and also for the Los Angeles Rams. Irv, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. We miss, I miss you on TV. <laughs> well, yeah, those were the, the good old days. <laughs> They weren't that old, are they? I still do some things locally in in uh, Minnesota, in in uh, in Minneapolis. We have uh, the Vikings post game shows, and unfortunately, we haven't had a whole lot to be excited about. I was going to say, I'm sorry to hear that for you. Yeah, (laughs) Vikings had a rough season. Well, yeah, you know, but I think the league overall has had uh, a difficult year. You know, with things things starting the way they did with the uh, the work stoppage and everything else, and guys not having their off-season training programs. Uh, my my greatest fear, and I haven't seen any numbers, but I know that this happens, that when you miss the contact portion of your training camp, the injury rates go up. So if you look to every team in the league and check their rosters, you'll find key players out for extended periods of time. Instead of being out um, two or three days or one game, they're out three or four games or maybe the entire season. So uh, this injury thing is something I was really, really concerned about when uh, when they missed training camp, and it seems to be coming to fruition. The teams that are healthiest right now, the teams are doing better than anybody else. I remember you were from the NFL today. I mean, every Sunday morning I'd be watching with you and Jimmy the Greek and Brett Musburger. You guys were absolutely Well, well and Phyllis George. Don't, don't Phyllis forget George. Phyllis. <laughs> yeah. That's the only reason some of us tuned in. Don't take it personally. Well, 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 well I, I know that, and I, 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 I appreciate that, and I can understand why. <laughs> but you should have been sitting next to her for 17 years like I did. <laughs> did you guys fight the who sat next to her, or did Jimmy the Greek ever say, let me in there? <laughs> well, the, the, the Greek and Phyllis had their differences on a lot of things, but I think when it came to doing your show, everybody kind of focused on that and tried to put our best foot forward, and it, it worked out well. Now, how is it that you came to CBS to become the first African-American working full-time as a uh, sports analyst on a... Well, well it's really funny because uh, I, 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 a lot of ballplayers have asked me, how did you get into television? And and I've always... I'm from Hammond, Indiana, right outside of Chicago. Of course, went to Northwestern and, and always was always involved in uh, community service-type projects, working with uh, any you know number of groups. And I've always believed in giving back. And as a rookie, when I came to Philadelphia Eagles, they were the defending world champions, and the guys were oftentimes asked to go out and speak for fees. And I told our PR department, if you had a legitimate non-profit organization you wanted a speaker, I'd be happy to do it for nothing. So I get a luncheon appointment once for the Kiwanis or Rotary, one of those service clubs, and gave a presentation, and the guy in the audience came up and said, you know, you have a great voice, you ought to go into broadcasting. I don't know the first thing about broadcasting. So he gave me his card, and he's a, a sports director of a radio station in Philadelphia, WIBG. At the time, it was a rock and roll station. And in the 60s, rock and roll was hot. We had the Chubby Checker and, and a variety of uh, rock stars coming out of Philadelphia, so that was a hot thing. But the station wanted to change your format from music to have a break for uh, news and sports during the drive time. So 
I was taught how to do that. Uh, Bill Emerson was the guy's name, and the show wound up being the top show in Philadelphia. And after about uh, nearly a year, got a call from a uh, television station, uh, KYW-TV, which is a Westinghouse-owned station, NBC affiliate, and said, gee, why don't you come be our sports director on the weekends? You can do both radio and television. And I said, fine, great. It'd be great. So I went there, and they had this old eyewitness news format where this, uh, you know, uh, uh, news, weather, sports. So the last element in the uh, in the evening news was a sports uh, spot, and that's where I was for three and a half to four minutes. And behind me was the Johnny Carson, uh, the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. So every night, our ratings, the last 30 seconds of the broadcast would go right to the roof because people were getting ready to tune in to Johnny Carson and saw sports on the way through. So it wound up being the top show in Philadelphia. And when I retired, uh, CBS called. And... Uh, the guy who was station manager of WCAU in Philadelphia was there when I was in Philadelphia on the air, and our show was the number one show there, and he knew that, and we had met him at one time and, and got a chance to know him anyway, but he called and said, Herb, how'd you like to come and work for CBS and be an analyst for us and do the uh, game of the week? And, hey, great. <laughs> so did that, and then uh, from there uh, it worked out pretty well for about four years, and uh, they wanted to develop a new format for the NFL Today, uh, or a studio show, rather. And at the, at the time, it was, it was the NFL Today. We're not quite sure which way it was going to go. And uh, Bob Wasser, who was the president of the sports division at that time, called Musburger. He was in Chicago at the time. Brent and I went to Northwestern together, by the way. And um, uh, Phyllis George just won the Miss America contest to myself. And Jack Whitaker at that time was on the show. That's before Jimmy the Greek. Greek came in a couple of years later. But but that's how it started. It, it, I just tell the guys I got involved in broadcast because I did a speaking engagement for a nonprofit organization for nothing. Okay. I've just figured it was the Philadelphia defensive secondary was a hotbed <laughs> for broadcasters because you had Tom Brookshire. Well, yeah, Brookie was there. Yeah, well, actually, we, all, we had uh, Tom Brookshire was working locally, and Pete Rushlap was a wide receiver, right. also worked locally. He was with CBS, and I was on the other side with NBC. But, but yeah, and Brookie and I were very close. I mean, not only from the broadcasting angle, but uh, he helped me learn a lot about uh, defensive play in the National Football League. I was a a running back and then an end in, in college and sort of a, an in-between guy. I, I could play a variety of positions, but uh, when I came to Philadelphia, they decided to put me on defense. And I, I, frankly, that was the first time I really spent full time as a defensive back on the corner. I was an end in college because 185 ends don't work in the National Football League. So <laughs> so uh, they, they moved me out there, and, 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 and Brookie taught me everything he could, and I, I picked it up and went along. And unfortunately, I guess the third or fourth game of it, 61 season, he had his leg broken and ended his career. It was against the Bears, by the way, playing in Philadelphia, and uh, um, the wide receiver came back on the crackback block, and uh, it was a legal block, just uh, down low, and broke uh, uh, broke his uh, had a compound fracture of both bones in his right leg, and that ended his career. And I went in and played and played ever since. Well, he that either, wasn't he Johnny had... Morris, was it? Pardon? That no, no, Johnny no. It was, it was John Farrington. Okay. I don't know if you know John Fragus in Grambling or someplace. Right. But anyway, uh, it, we, we, and, and the reason why that happened, and uh, we don't talk about it a lot, but we, we put in a new, new defense that year, and um, uh, um, uh, to put in, we put that defense in to stop Ditka. They just rookie tight end who was killing everybody. So we put uh, an extra defensive back in the game, shifted linebackers over. Right now they call it a nickel defense, but we did that in 1961 to stop Ditka, to have an extra defensive back on the field to protect against him. So because of that, 
Brookie was uh, further outside than he would normally be in this position, and he came back to, to stop a sweep. Uh, the receiver well, actually he, did, he should have come outside in, but he got inside the guy, and Farrington came back on a good crackback block and broke his leg. But um, but that was the first time the nickel defense was played, and George Allen was the defensive coordinator for the Bears, and when he became head coach of the Rams, put that defense in as one of our prime defenses in, in, in L.A. That's one reason why he traded for me. <laughs> but you, you guys should know, nobody can stop Ditka. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not well, e- yeah, not I, even I 11 Mike players for... tackling can stop Ditka. Well, I've known Mike for a long, long time. He came out of pit. I, I, we, grad, we graduated the same year because he played on the All-Star team. In, in 1961, and a guy named E. Kimbrough was one of my teammates with the, the, the Northwestern, was also on the all-star team. I, so I didn't really meet Mike until we started to play against each other, but, but I saw him in training camp because in those days the college all-stars worked out at Northwestern. So we saw all those guys come through, and uh, so every year when the all-stars came in, they stayed on the campus, and I got a chance to know a lot of those guys before they turned pro. So what Tom- do you think? Tom Brookshire must have been an awfully good teacher. You must have been an awfully good student because you, <laughs> you were a seventh-round pick. Did you think you were going to make it? Well, yeah. But as a matter of fact, uh, it, it's funny. I, I, it was. I, I went there thinking that. Um, well, I hope I, I hope I did make. It. I was drafted by three clubs because uh, in those days you had the old American Football League and, and the Canadian League. So I was drafted in Tor- by Toronto and the New York Titans, who are now the Jets. And, and the Eagles, and I decided, well, I'd go to Philadelphia because, you know, they're the world champions. If I make it there, great. If not, I have, I'd have a chance to go someplace else. But I was really more concerned about going to school. I was, I was registered to, to go to graduate school, and um, I told the Eagles when I got there, the general manager must have thought I was nuts. I said, look, if you guys didn't cut me, cut me early, because I have to go back to school. <laughs> well, as it turned out, Things worked out, and um, I had a, a skill set they were looking for, and things worked. As a matter of fact, I wound up being the signal caller as, as a rookie. I was one of, the, one of the defensive signal callers for the defense, and uh, I was always a you know, pretty you know, detailed student of the game, so I understood, I understood it pretty well. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I was able to play as long as I did. What do you think of the today show? I mean, the pregame shows today. Do you like the way they're doing them, or you miss the old days? Well, well I, I do miss the old days only because I think it, uh, today it's sort of a a personality contest, how many jokes you can tell and who can break stories that may or may not be true. And I, I just don't like that. I think that uh, one of the things we tried hard to do in, uh, as reporters, to report as objectively as possible, to give people the story on who the, the players were, give them some insights on what their likes and dislikes were, and obviously talk about the game and try to explain the game in terms of how it's played. And I think that when I listen to the shows today, I hear everybody's opinions, but nobody's telling me what the teams are really doing. You know, and uh, you know, what 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 does the head coach think? What what you know, you know? How do they run these things? And I think that uh, um, it, it, it's but there's you know you've got uh, a whole new business with fantasy football, which I think is kind of interesting because people who are fantasy football fans there are millions of them, and it's, and it's drawn a whole new uh, fan base in the league. Look at the game a little differently in terms of. Uh, Team concept, team to team, you're more concerned about individuals. And I think it, uh, that drives interest in different ways, and therefore you lose the, the impact of what a team really is. Well, thank you for your insight. <laughs> it's been wonderful. I wish we could go longer. If we had a oh, two-hour yeah, show, could, we could. I could talk forever. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, calling. I'm sorry. I, uh, I'm, I'm glad we had a chance to chat. And uh, Did you ever get up to Evanston once in a while? Sure. Well, you know, yeah, I, I'd like to see Krista... Hopefully one day Northwestern will get a new stadium up there. But uh, the stadium, you know, sports for the most part doesn't really drive the university, but uh, 
I, I was out there a couple of years ago. We had a little special uh, uh, reunion for Eric Parsegian, and a lot of the guys came back, and it was really great to see him again. And, and I walked in the stadium. I said, wow, I didn't realize, uh, you know, uh, the stadium is as old as it is, but uh, it, it is what it is, and they they make good use of it. But hopefully, one day they'll get a. I, I know much talking about doing that there, but it'd be nice to see them get a, an upgraded stadium. Alrighty. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time. Have, a, right. have a happy new year. Thank you too. Thanks All for right. calling. All right, bye bye. And I would like to thank Irv Cross, Charlie Sanders, and Heather Knox. Not necessarily in that order of importance. And David Spada. This is Elliot Harris. Thanks for being a part of Sports and Torts. And we'll see you next week.